wow, that bat must weigh 16 ounces, Chopper, because that ball was pounded. <laughs> 16 ounces in a pound, bought, yeah, nailed it. Nailed it. Um, I'm going A plus there. <laughs> home run. Yeah. I mean, home run that's, call. Uh, episode 66, and I brought out the heat. Why? Because Chad Chop, our guest today, um, He's he's been in your living room uh, for a good decade now, and he he's just one of my favorite uh, announcers, broadcasters, people that calls sports. It's Kevin Burkhart. Uh, we brought him in uh, right after he called his first Super Bowl uh, this past winter. I went with Super Bowl Fifty Seven, uh, if I know my Roman numerals correctly, with Greg Olson. And he's got quite a journey. We've had a lot of broadcasters on. We had Joe Buck, uh, Jeff Levering, just to name a few. Dallas Braden, who's now uh, an announcer for the A's. And and the journey is real. Uh, there, there was a grind there. So I want to break down that grind. A lot of parallels, once again, um, to uh, to his journey and, and a, a journey of a, a baseball player or an athlete, anything like that. So he'll be on in a few minutes. Super pumped. Great guy. Um, and uh, excited to have him. But Chad Chop, this is 66, 66 times we've we've gotten together. How you doing? Doing good, buddy. I'm excited for today. I'm excited for you. You got camps coming up, so I know that. If you haven't signed up yet, get signed up. Look at the Sandlot Tour and get out there and let Coach Ballgame enhance the joy that your son or daughter has for the sport of baseball and the game of life. Brother. Oh, slogan. put that in, put that in quotes, go ahead and dial that up. I, summer camp starts June five and we will have a busy summer as always. And we'll, we'll take a, I think they pronounce it hiatus from the pod as we did last mm -hmm. summer. Just, just push pause on this puppy. Uh, give us time to do our summer thing. Um, and on top of my camps, I'll be doing uh, some MLB activity doing some play ball, uh, and then I'll do some sand lots as well on my own. But I'm fresh off a nice trip to the Pacific Northwest, Coach Chop, and friend of the pod, Tell me about it. John Flicky, joined me. Uh, my mentor, my coaching compass, joined me because uh, he lives in that area. First, we flew into Spokane uh, for MLB play ball, and I drove two hours to a place called Brewster, which is an hour from nowhere. And then another hour to nowhere. Uh, but once we got there, I mean, mountainous beauty, rivers, um, and a lot of these families are immigrants that work on an apple orchard and they put on this free camp. And I went in there uh, with my heart full of joy and my drum beat loud and, and we cranked it up. We did a free camp. And, and here's the coolest part of all, Coach Chop. Uh, I get an email later that night. Hey, ball game. My two sons, right when they got home, they uh, quoted the entire Roberto Clemente story back to their mom. Let's go. I mean, come on. You love to see it. You love like it. beside the it's words impact, let's dude. go in the encyclopedia is is that is a, is a couple yeah. of kids telling mom, I heard this story about Roberto Clemente. He was so kind. They created an award named after him, Roberto Clemente Award. And man, that's my purpose. I thrive on it. I love that. So that was amazing. Um, and we set up stations, you know, we, we, we did our, our stations of throwing, catching and right. We had batting practice and center. Uh, there was a, a money ball station where you try and knock the ball off the tee, knock it off a throwing station, fly ball station. And I ran a base running station. So, um, you know, we've talked about it, how to run productive practices on this pod uh, and they they kind of let me set up those stations, keep it moving, keep it active. And a lot of the uh, Seattle Mariner alums helped coach. They were uh, they were my my assistants and came in all the way from Seattle, four hour drive. But um, just a lot of good people in the game of baseball. And uh, that's what I'm excited to talk about with Kevin today is is the good people. Let, let you know uh, he. He has, he's a great person and uh, uh, he has met some great people in the game of baseball. So I want to uh, humanize the game a little bit and just go behind the curtain and ask him, Hey, who are some of your favorite people in the game? But 
uh, that was that. And then over to Seattle, we did a Bainbridge Island sandlot uh, with the one and only coach Flicky, Flick Money. He brought his guitar, sang a few songs, and I mean, it was easy. Uh, it, it made my job so easy, and it made me realize we got to staff up on these sandlots. It, it's time. It's time to fly the best coaches I know into these towns, get a Chad Chop, get a Flick Money, um, uh, into these cities that we go, and uh, it just enhances the value. It, it was amazing. Yeah. Just uh, I could run – one field of younger kids he's running another field of older kids um while i'm trying to dig in and get nicknames he's doing trivia and entertaining and telling stories so to have the guy that taught me pretty much everything i know about engaging kids and coaching full circle have him come join me um and if you're a listener of this pod you probably listened to his interview he is mr miyagi uh, uh, of kids, especially kids that have had rough times, uh, or, you know, are troubled, have trauma. Uh, he was a foster kid himself and has worked through those, uh, issues through his life. And, and out of necessity, he created this job for himself of, of just making kids feel happy and feel good. Uh, and he's just amazing. So, uh, that was that, uh, but, uh, I, I see right on time our guest for the day, and we'll bring prompt. him in. Uh, he is prompt. So uh, that was that was probably my favorite Sandlot so far. Chopper was was Bainbridge Island, and and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say this is gonna be one of my favorite favorite interviews right here on the pod. <laughs> Coach Chop, Easy. I want you to meet our guest <laughs> listener. Go ahead, bring bring it in with some snaps and and some claps. For episode 66 guest, it's Kevin Burkhart. Can you can you see us? Can you hear us, brother? Oh, I see it and I feel great about the whole thing. What's up, guys? What's up? How are you doing? Uh, I love uh I, I, I know you guys have shared the same space because Chopper was uh was on the coaching staff of the Giants from when to when, coach? 14 uh 2014 to 2018 and then Dodgers 2019 to 2021. I know well, you shared, shared some spaces. playoff space yeah. there but he, I mean he shared the uh the video room with the one and only Sean Dunstan with the Giants. He was hitting pretty great. Fungos to pull holes with the Dodgers and he was the hype guy. Like when when yeah. Jock Peterson would get uh in a slump well, I mean, go ahead, Chopper. You've said it a couple times on the pod. How, how would you get them going? Yeah, just a little dig me session. Come into the video room right before the game, and we talk about how there's thousands of people, you know, stuck in their cars waiting to get in there to see him. He's a, he's the cheese. He's the reason why they're popping popcorn, getting ready for the show. I love that. <laughs> right. I, I still don't think yeah. I've seen anyone with a stronger arm from shortstop than Dunstan in my life. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Well, you can still throw 90 today, promise. I mean, I'm not shocked. I would, would totally yeah. believe that. <laughs> um great people thanks for thanks for uh thanks for coming kevin i i uh first question for you what time is your tea time at rolling hills country club today good question uh no tea time today i got some stuff uh that i I got some stuff that i got to do today and then uh flying to miami tomorrow to uh see the boys poppy and a rod and uh derek jeter you know so we're gonna we got some stuff going on tomorrow in, in in down down south and uh, you know, now baseball is really heating up, you know, so that'll be fun. So yeah, I got to take care of some stuff. No tea time. I'll have to wait a couple of days for that one coach. Oh man. Well, I mean, I, I want to, I want to, I want to tap into that because you've got some new faces. You've got Jeets rolling in, uh, and, uh, and, and I think some more fresh new faces as well in the game of football, but how we met is through our mutual friend, Joe Buck. He lined up, uh, uh, a camera crew to come down to the 2018 NLCS listener and uh and they filmed one of my sandlots and uh they aired it on Kevin and the boys pregame show uh of the NLCS and to this day it's one of, it was one of my favorite things to film because we actually got to throw it back to you guys in the studio and and I was like well, I I'm throwing something back to to Burkhardt and A-Rod and Big Poppy and 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 the Big Hurt. Like I kind of feel bona fide. And then to watch it back and see how 
uh, you know, just how much passion you personally put into that piece. I mean, I was like, I, I love this guy and I'm just thankful that you'd, you'd throw me a bone. So I, uh, I, I'll just say first off, thank you for, for that piece. It's one of my favorites to this day. That was amazing. I mean, I, you know, I, it's really incredible what you've done and what you've built with these kids. I mean, you know, and it just, you know, you, it's, it's so infectious and beautiful to watch. So yeah, we had fun with it. Uh, I think we got a couple of boys on, on the show after that. Um, I think Poppy, I think Poppy was actually still, yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, Poppy was saying attaboy three hours later. You know, he's just still attaboying loudly to the camera. And I'm like, okay, got it. Uh, but yeah, then we go Field of Dreams. We got to play golf chopper at the Dyersville Golf Course, uh, mm. it, it, which was amazing in itself. Uh, but, you know, you, you go to the Field of Dreams, big game. I think that was Yankees, Tigers, uh, but we were able to uh, fit it in. And uh, my wife and two daughters rode along. Uh, and drove us there, and the girls still call you Uncle Kevin Burkhart. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your family's great, and that Dyer, yeah, we we snuck in nine at Dyersville Country Club, which was like eighteen dollars, and it was a beautiful nine hole. Be nice. I'll never because yeah. you had your clubs because you drove. I didn't have clubs, and they didn't have rentals, so the attendant uh at the pro shops oh you want to use my clubs? He went to his trunk, and I just use his clubs. Like that's like that's Iowa. Awesome. Right? I was like, yes. I was like, dude, I don't want to like. It's okay. Like he's like, no, no, no. You can just let me go get mine. I use it. He didn't know who I was. That's so Iowa. great. That that is Iowa. Uh, That's dreamy. Iowa. Uh, well, um, <laughs> if for the listener that might not know uh, our main man Kevin, lead play-by-play voice for the NFL on Fox. That's a number one these days. Uh, lead studio host for Fox MLB, um, wrangling the boys there as he's headed to Miami tomorrow. Uh, born in Bloomfield, you're a Jersey guy, um, and and I'll yep. start here. Uh, I won't hog the whole interview chopper. I promise, just most of it. Good, but um, <laughs> uh, you obviously have a passion for sports, football, baseball specifically. Was there someone that taught you that love? Where did the passion begin? Yeah, we just, we grew up in a house that loves sports, you know, um, we just did, you know, my mom, dad, my brother, we watched sports all the time. We listened to it on the radio, baseball specifically, like growing up, you know, summers in the backyard in our small little inflatable pool and had the mess games on the radio. And um, so it was always like, it was always a sports household, like Sundays were, you know, go to church with my mom and go to the deli on the way home and get a bunch of food and watch NFL the entire day. Like that's what we did. Um, so it just, you know, when you do that, all of a sudden, like, you you know, for me who I love sports, but I um, sucked at playing them. It was like, okay, how do I get involved in this? And then it was just, I started to really, you know, pay attention to the announcers, right. And the things that I liked and the guys that got me excited to watch or listen to games um you know when summer on madden would come out on sunday i would be like oh man it just feels so so big and so energetic and you know listening to bob murphy call the mets games on the radio and then later gary cohen who i was lucky enough to work with for years in new york it just it, it caught me and so as i got older um i just you know that was kind of the direction the bug that i caught and started calling like games and, you know, Nintendo games into, into a tape recorder, my double deck tape recorder in, in my room with my <laughs> brother and my best friend. Um, and so like that, that's what, that was it. That was my start playing Tecmo Bowl and baseball stars on Nintendo. If you remember those games, oh, yeah. I, I, I literally played thousands of hours on those games and I wish I still, the tapes may be somewhere, maybe they're somewhere in my mom's basement, but there are, I had tape upon tape of like games and then we did like a post-game show. It was absurd, but like, it's what got me into it. That's amazing. Well, it, it still fascinates me, the the art of play-by-play, -play, but what great practice, the hours and hours of of just basically seeing something and then uh, may, maybe break that down real quick for me because I, I, I feel more like a Terry Bradshaw. Like I'm not, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to have flaws and I'm going to, I, I, I kind of need time. <laughs> you have to bite-size this thing specifically. Uh, is that where the mechanics of it 
really began for you? Nintendo. That's where it started. You know, I, I just always liked the ability to call it and to like to to announce the big play. Like that always really struck a chord with me. Um, and I always wanted to do it. You know, I had so many, so many of those moments that growing up and just, just getting so excited by big calls, um, you know, as, as just as much as the big plays. And so I was like, man, I, I, that's what I want to do. I want to be the one to to be the voice behind some of those moments, you know. Um, so, yeah, it started with Nintendo and just started paying attention really, you know, more to detail about what what other people did and their styles. And um, and then it just kind of went on from there. You know, when I got to college, I, you know, all these different experiences. I mean, I did stuff in high school, extracurricular stuff in, in college. But I had a class with Spencer Ross who at the time was an announcer of the Nets. He had been in the business for years, Celtics. He'd been around, done national stuff. But it was a great class. And it was literally, he was just an adjunct at our small D3 school, William Patterson. And he mm -hmm. came on and taught a broadcasting class. And it was so valuable, like how to prep, what to do. And I was like, oh, this is like how you go about it. And it just gave me a structure that I kind of, built my own personal tree off of, you know, so I started there. I had plenty of people that were, you know, mentors and helped out along the way, but that's the basic story. Well, the, the parallels to, to most broadcasters and specifically yours and, and a lot of minor league baseball players that, that make it to the show a little bit later on is, is fascinating to me. I mean, the grind for you included, I mean, uh, middle school, uh, uh, Nintendo, high school football games. In college, you covered uh, uh, assortments of things, uh, some high school football, New Jersey Jackals minor league games, which really fascinates me. Um, what During that grind, uh, and you did a radio, a local radio um, uh, broadcast for, I think, eight years, was there ever moments, was there a moment where you're like, I got to hang it up. This, this ain't working. Yeah. I mean, like, you, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things when you're young, uh, you're obviously doing it cause you love it, but the money is just so awful <laughs> when you're trying, you know, I mean, doing minor league baseball games by myself on the road for 25 bucks a game. And it's like, what, what am I doing? But you just love it. And you're not even thinking about that, right? You're just, you just kind of going about your, your day and this is what I love and this is what I'm doing. And um, yeah, I mean, after, you know, I, I worked a million different jobs, but I worked at a small radio station out of college for eight years, local station. It was great. Um, WGHT, which unfortunately no longer exists in Northern New Jersey, but you know, I, um, I just got to a point where you're just getting frustrated. You know, it's the, when you believe in yourself, but you can't get anybody to call you back and give you any open doors, it's hard. So I just kind of quit and sold cars, which is the story that's been out there by now because everyone loved it for the Super Bowl. But I embraced that because it's kind of like the moment that really clicked for me when I was like, okay, kind of had it, you know, making poor money, can't get a break. And then I did that for a year and it opened up every door because my whole mindset changed. So, um, you know, I think everybody's, for the most part, unless you're really lucky or really super special, everyone's journey has failure. So I had a lot of it. Um, but I also think it made me better, a lot better. I don't think I'd be who I am today, uh, personally, or or as a broadcaster, if it weren't for all of that. I read a quote from you where um, that car salesman job was a moment for you where you, you kind of, um, you got around the corner of... Uh, for me, I'm a pleaser, naturally a pleaser. And my wife uh, has really gotten me to when I need to do something, when I need to ask for something or, or, or not please somebody to go ahead and do that, because that's what needs to happen. Uh, for you, that there was a moment there where uh, you said, well, if I want to get somewhere, then I got to ask for it. Is, is that right? That that moment, break that moment down where you're like, uh, I see this, I'm good enough, and and I'm going to go for it. Yeah, it's, it's, you're exactly right. Um, basically, you know, you go, I went to sell cars. I just picked it out of the Sunday classifieds, like no clue how to sell or sell cars or any of that. But I just went through the Sunday classifieds. Like, you know, what? I'm going to do this. Walked in, 
general manager who's now a good friend uh i said you ever done this before he's like no he's like have you ever sold anything before i was like a couple of radio spots for a local radio station but it's like all right you're hired so you know go out on the floor i had no idea what i was doing and i'm like you i i generally you know i like to please people right like i'm 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 easy going for 98 percent of my days and um so you know i just got to the point early on i'm trying to figure it out and general manager of the store is like hey Kev, like, if you don't ask for these people to pay you, they're not going to pay you. <laughs> so I was like, oh, oh, right. So, you know, so then it, it was simple as going out and, and negotiating, you know, uh, a car deal with the customer and also still doing it in a way that was tactful and you both kind of felt happy about it, you know, like, um, but I'd never done that before. So then it was just like, yeah, it was a simple thought, like, well, wait a second. Maybe that's really what it comes down to. Like, who cares? Like, just ask for what I want. If you don't get it, who cares? What's it? No is okay. Like, so I just started doing that. I just started calling up people like, hey, like, I want to come in. Like, you know, I called up WFAN, which is, you know, the biggest sports station in the country. And then at that time was Trailblazer. Like, everyone was trying to copy them. And, uh, you know, Eric Spitz, who had, uh, who I had worked, worked for before at a very, very part-time basis at CBS, um, filling in. You know, when the 10th guy got sick, I would get a call. <laughs> I was just like, hey, I uh, I think I'm good enough to to work there. Like, I really do. And he's like, okay, why don't you come in Friday and, and I'll have you audition. I was like, this Friday? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I, it, it was just like, a, it was a good lesson in just asking, you know, without being a pain, just asking people for things that you would like to get. Doesn't mean you're always going to get them, but you know, so I always tell people that, or especially younger people, like, ask, ask me if I can help. If I can't help, I'll say I can't. Like, it does no skin off my back. It's it's a simple lesson. But I, as like you, as a person who likes to please people, I had a hard time with that. So it taught me that. And it made a huge difference in my life. Yeah, well, we talk about it a lot, Chopper, and uh, I'll throw it over to you. But Chop, you talk a lot about uh, confidence through preparation, right? The prep gets you more confident to make that call. Yeah, it's that <clears throat> we had Joe Davis on and he talked about that with the Dodgers where he got to do the World Series similar to you got to do the Super Bowl and coach ballgame was like, hey, were you nervous? Like, what? you know what I mean? Like you're in this moment that you probably dreamt about. And uh, what was it like? And Joe was like, probably similar to what you would say. And that's going to be my question. <clears throat> but he's like, no, it's I, mean, I was prepared. So it's almost like going into a test where, you know, you're prepared um, that you were just excited so how was that for you coming into your first Super Bowl um did the preparation change was it similar and then just what was what was your energy was it just this excitement or did you have to overcome some nerves what was it yeah I think you have a great comparison coach like it's um and I agree with Joe I always tell you know younger kids or college students it's like preparing for a midterm everything you do is preparing for a midterm so if you study your tail off you may not get a hundred percent, but you feel good going into it and you feel confident. You'll probably get a really good grade. I think this is the same way. You, you can't go on TV naked and, and have, you know, you just can't, it'll be a disaster. So you, you prep your tail off and you put yourself in the best position you can, and then you can't control everything. It's a reaction medium. So like, but by prepping and putting everything around you to be in a good spot, you know, you're, you're confident. So for, that's how I feel for everything I do. And, and obviously for the Super Bowl is magnified. So, you know, of course, you know, like leading up to the game, of course you see what's around you. You feel the pressure, you know, it's the biggest day of your career. Um, and, you know, things could change off of that performance, right? I mean, not everybody gets to call Super Bowl. I think I'm the 11th play-by-play -play guy to ever do it. So I'm not dumb. And you felt that like leading up to it. But the game, the day of, was so much fun because I prepped my tail off and I was ready. And it, you know, it's funny. I felt like covering these athletes all these years when you know, you have to treat it like another game. It's exactly what it felt like. I'm like, now I get it. Now I get the saying, like the cliche, like treat it like another game. I get it because it, it's funny. I remember being in the booth about 30 minutes before we went on the air, we were on the air, I guess, from our standpoint, like, I don't remember 30, 30, 40 minutes for kickoff. And I looked at our guys and I'm like, this does just feel like another game. Like it just, it, it's like normal. It's like every other week just happens to be, you know, 115 million people watching, you know, but like, you don't, but because we were prepared. So it's like, I enjoyed every second of it. It was so much fun. 
truly when the game when the game uh started i wasn't nervous you know when i woke up of course i was like fun nerves like good butterflies i think i always get that and if you don't get that maybe you're in the wrong business at least for me like i always feel that level of excitement so i enjoyed it um i enjoyed every second of it i i, I did you know i i just went in and, and tried to treat it like every other week that's how i've done it for the last you know 30 years of my life and man it was fun it was so much fun what a cool experience a couple couple things in there i want to hit on the first is what you just said is that excitement right <clears throat> some people are afraid of that it's like no like embrace that like yeah if you don't have those butterflies you're not doing the right thing you, you have excitement because it matters to you you know and it's yeah. important go ahead coach. I, I heard jeff bridges say those nerves the, uh that's your buddy man those nerves are your buddy, man. Embrace those. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, don't, don't run from that. Don't be, don't be ashamed of that. That's, that's, that's how you know you're in the right spot, right? You're doing the right thing. You love and you care about it. Um, totally. Agree. And there, there, there can be total, there can be power in that. So it's like, we talk about little kids like, Hey, just breathe. Dude. Like, it's okay. And if you screw up, so what? We're still going to Dairy Queen. Your coach still loves you. Mom and dad still love you. Right. It's okay. Just learn something from it and keep moving. We just had a playoff game with Little League, my my little nine-year-old. He just turned nine, Bo. And uh, Bo's got ice in his veins, dude. Like, he's – I don't know how. I'm like, Boaz, you're not nervous? He's like, no, dude, it's just fun. I just – I'm just excited, you know? But our catcher, Jace, was terrified. He gets in after the first, and he's like, Coach, I couldn't stop shaking with that guy on third. And so that was my mission the rest of the game was like, hey, Jace, dude, it's okay, buddy. Like – you're still super handsome with an incredible mullet, like win, lose, or draw. Like that mullet is real, you know, just trying to get his mind off of whatever he was worried about. Um, but the other thing I wanted to touch on is, and this is really important for our kids. And we say it a lot, like, like God gives us the desires of our heart. Right. So like, I can see you doing those tech mobile games, you know, calling Bo Jackson for his 800th yard yeah. of the game. And the Raiders have another undefeated season. Like that was the, the desires of your heart and it didn't happen right away, but you never ran away from it. You kept trying and grinding. And even in that failure, like you said, it changed your mindset. There's power in that for our kids listening. And even our parents, like tell your kids to follow their dreams. It's awesome. I love it. It's my number one message. It's, 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 and I know people, I'm sure there's some people think it's cheesy, but when I've spoken to any group, because I believe it. Like I told, I firmly believe it and I did it. And like, you know, I feel like I'm pretty good proof of it. Right. I, I, you know, didn't, you know, grew up modest, modest, uh, family, um, you know, and, and we love sports and went to a small D three college, uh, stayed at home, didn't travel for college. Um, did minor league baseball for 25 bucks a game. Like I, you know, I, I saw that side of it. I did it because I loved it. And like, that's the thing, like whether it was Nintendo games or whether it's, you know, yeah, it's pretty easy to get excited to call the Super Bowl, but I get excited like that every week. Like I don't have to generate excitement for my calls. I'm genuinely excited to be there. Whatever I'm doing, the baseball show I did last night, the post game show on FS1 was the same energy that I came to the Super Bowl with. Now there certainly weren't as many viewers for that show as it was for the Super Bowl, but it doesn't change me or my approach. Um, and it's so important. I think, you know, I just spoke to a group of kids in town here in, in middle school. And I think following your dreams is so important because we live in a society where so many people tell you, you can't, and that stinks. Like, you know, it, it's, it, it's okay. Maybe in the end, you know, not everyone's going to get their A1A dream, right? Like that, that's, that doesn't work that way. But if you don't go for it and you don't try for that, you're going to regret it the rest of your life. Like it's, 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 I, I never understood that. Like there's, you have to, you have to for your own sanity. You know, there was one kid in class who, you know, asked if anybody wants to be a sports broadcaster. And then one sheepish hand went up. <laughs> I was like, okay, awesome. Tell me like why? And like, you know, so he was in it and then he got a little bit more confident. And I said, well, you just do it. No matter what anyone tells you, you do it. You go for it. You, 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 that's what you want to do you do it. And don't let anyone tell you they can't. No one ever told me that I couldn't do it. Even when I was had no chance basically, and couldn't find a job and couldn't get a phone call back. But you know, there's no one that's telling me that anymore. It may have taken a while, but I, I think like, don't you know, dream big. I'm such a big believer in that coach. I'm so glad you said that. Cause I think for these kids, it's the number one message they could hear, especially today. Everything is so negative today. You yeah. have to have that outlook. 
We've had Evan Longoria, Hunter Pence, yeah, on this pod, and both of them, they, I paraphrase both of them, but it's like, if you don't quit, you can't be stopped. Yeah. If you never quit, you can't be stopped. So Longo didn't get that D1 scholarship, had to go to JUCO. Then he was at Long Beach State, and then he was a high-round pick, like a consummate pro, Longo, right? Well, Longo couldn't get a shot, but guess what? He outlasted everybody because he still had that belief in himself, like you did, like I had. I was... I always wanted to be in the big leagues and then I got released and I was out of baseball for eight years. And all of a sudden I got thrust into a 2014 world series championship team just by, you know, call it what you want to call it. I believe it was God's hand, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and now my family's on a world series ring, which is crazy. Cause my family Maybe. was like yours. I grew up watching, you know, Ben Scully with my, my grandma, you know, it was, it was a love of baseball from my grandmother. And they were from Jamestown, you know, uptown, New- upstate New York, and moved out to California and bought their own deli so we could have that deli experience like you talked about. And we would go to the deli um, on Sundays and get some fresh sliced meats and provolone. There's nothing like fresh sliced provolone, Listen, by the way. Nothing uh, better you than know? deli on Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it's true. Like, it, it's it's one of those things, dude, where the more kids we can – and ultimately, like you said, even if you don't end up reaching your goal, you lived your whole life with hope. You lived your whole childhood into adulthood with this hope and this dream. And someday you might have to settle in somewhere else, but don't just quit before you start. You'll never know. You'll never know if it could have happened. I love that. Um, And for this podcast is mostly parents who coach kids uh, uh, or parent their, their athlete uh, or student. And I was lucky. I had some parents when I was in my twenties, I wasn't calling minor league games for the Jackals, uh, but you know, I was waiting tables and, and trying to get that next, writing gig or that that you know get into that next improv group and and coach baseball and my parents even when I turned 30 were not like you ever going to use that brown degree for something they ne- they never pushed me to settle so uh, I, I'm so thankful for my parents that they would do that and to all the parents out there it sounds like sounds like your folks were in the same boat or or uh, I'm not sure but that you didn't settle you you found yourself uh, sideline reporting for the Mets uh, for for seven years before you got the big break with Fox, um, and and I, I kind of wanted to to ask you, but before the Fox gig came, that seven years with the Mets, that was a bit of a big break for you. Um, the the sideline reporting, how did that set you up for this next chapter that you're on right now of play by play and and studio? How'd that get you? there yeah it was a uh hold on my dog wants to say hello come on come on Greg. hello pup it, she always has to be she, she always has to be on uh on my lap while i'm doing the uh, say hello hi there you go i saw um, the, i saw i saw um uh the last video you did uh with with the chair and the dog on the lap a lot of love oh, there. The, the direct tv video that was that was yes. fun um yes but uh uh, yeah, the, I mean, the Mets job, that was a dream job. Um, you know, I actually was there for eight full seasons. I was actually working there my last year. I was kind of commuting back to L.A. and I kind of started at Fox. But that was that was I mean, I you know, along the way, I had a number of like breaks, like where I could pinpoint this was huge. This person was huge for me. This person gave me a big door to walk through. Right. We all have those people that we wouldn't be here without them. That was a monster break because that was my first uh, f- really full-time foray into TV. Like I always wanted to do TV and then my path went into radio and that was my first real full-time TV job. And I grew up a huge Mets fan. My whole family was a huge Mets fan, huge Mets fans. And, and quite honestly, I, I, I was doing some freelance stuff for SNY, the, the TV home of the Mets at the time. And so I interviewed for it and I, I really didn't think anything of it. I didn't think I was going to get the job. I mean, I was, I was happy to be interviewed. And then they called me and I was like, you know, you got the job. And I'm like, what, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And um, so it was like, okay, like, let's go dive in and, and learn what I can learn. But, you know, essentially I go in and I'm working with people that I idolize, you know, the analysts were Keith Hernandez and Ron Darling, who won a championship in 86 with the Mets, who are the, again, grew up idolizing them, watching them. And then the play-by-play guy was Gary Cohen, who was one of my favorite people to listen to and turned into a great friend and a mentor to me. Couldn't be a better situation. Um, you know, it was it was just so cool and so surreal to be a part of that. 
and be a part of their, you know, their broadcast history, if you will. Uh, they have a lineage of incredible broadcasters. So I felt really honored to be on that group. And the cool thing about there, and I can't speak to anywhere else in the country because that's where I grew up. And, and but it's home. Like you, when you do, when you do Mets games, like as long as I was there, and that's nothing compared to those guys. Those guys have been there forever. They welcome you in your home every night. They feel like you're part of the family and you're and, and you know it. You walk around the ballpark and they're giving you hugs and KB, how you doing? Like it's the best. It was it was the greatest time ever. But it opened all my doors uh, to go to Fox because so many skill sets there. I mean, first of all, you're on TV in New York, which is as big as it gets. Then you're, you know, you're on your feet, you're you're reporting, you're broadcasting. I'm doing a little bit of play by play, a little studio. I did I did everything there. So it kind of helped me hone my skill set and just kind of morph into me, if you will. And the cool thing is they let me do it. Like they didn't, they weren't like, here's how you're going to do it. You're going to be cookie cutter. Our producer, Greg Picker was amazing. And he's just like, this is what I envision. What do you envision for this? And I'm like, ah, I think this and this, but we'll, we'll see how we go. And it was just a great relationship. It was, it was so awesome. So I'm grateful for that. I, it was a blast. I went back this year for the NFL season throughout the first pitch at a Mets game and it was the coolest yes. moment ever. And obviously the first pitch itself was a great moment, but it was being back there and like being back home with like all the old guards there and the security folks and the stadium people and the vendors that are all still there. And like felt like a homecoming. It was, it was pretty neat. That's beautiful. Uh, the thing I heard the loudest there was um, your, your producer, you know, the guy that had been there long before you let you, find your own voice he didn't give you his voice and just cookie cutter that and I fall into that trap as a coach as a parent uh, this is how you should do it right here but there's so many different uh, locks uh, to unlock you know different keys to to find and and to give uh to give the student or the new person the new kid uh give them the chance to find their own way their own voice man that's so empowering and uh, I see it when you come on TV, you know, and the girls are like, there's Uncle Kevin Burkhart right there. And it, it you, you are you. And I say it all the time to any coach I talk to, kids especially sniff out the disingenuous right away. They might not communicate it with you and say, you're being not real, <laughs> but they get it and they kind of turn away. Um you put people at ease. Is that a conscious choice when you when you come on the broadcast, or is that just thirty years of practice? I don't even think about it. I, I, yeah. I just I just do. I, I I think. Look, you're talking about a good lesson, as you guys have talked about. I I can't stress enough about being you. And like I think the the good coaches. You guys certainly know this more than me, but the good coaches give their players the tools to grow and to be better, but then it's up to the player to take the tools and convert it in their own way and be you for broadcasting. So many people try to copy people in the industry. Like when I see younger kids or college kids and I look at their stuff and I critique them as I try to help as much as I can. Cause I know when I was in that age and just looking for help and it's like, don't copy them take things from them that you can make their own. I'm like, look, if you go through, I could go through my games and I could tell you stuff in the way I call a game from Joe Buck, Al Michaels, Gary Cohen, you name it, Pat Summerall. But I, I didn't copy them. It's because I admired and like almost subconsciously kind of took it in and it came out my mouth the way I do it. You know what I mean? Like you have to be, you have to be yourself when you do this. Like I think the good people will, will hire you for who you are. They're buying you. Obviously, your skill set. Um, you know, I, I'd like to think I'm I'm here for my skill set, but I think I'm here for just as much as who I am. Like treat people the right way, be kind to people, make people want to be around you, and make people, in my case, want to watch the game with you. Right. So, the good news is for me, I don't think about that part. I just am me, and I just do like what I do. And I think if you're thinking about it too much, then you're probably not being you. It's yeah, that's really what it comes down to. Be a fountain. Yeah, be a fountain. That was yes. That was for me, I, I could have been in a major league clubhouse forever, you know, because I was I would I was conscious. I had a 40, 40 minute commute and it was like, OK, leave everything that's not going to uplift in the car or at the house. And when I walk in through this door, like who can I encourage? Who needs it? Who's over their last 12? 
who can I come down and just sit down next to and sure. just get their mind off of what's going on out there. And let's talk about their family or I can do something silly or take on a dare from Nick Hunley for the boys, you know, to try to get them their mind off of the negative and let's get back into a positive mindset of, of, of neutral, just presence. Right. Um, and I love that you said that that's, there's power in that. Like that's, that's how you are a good teammate, right. Is if you can come in and set a good vibe, you know, Javi Lopez, who we've had on the pod, um, the pitcher, not the catcher. I'm sure the catcher is great too, but I had Javi. Yeah. And I think he could be the president someday. Like that's how highly I think of him just because he, he's a guy that, makes a bad situation okay and a good situation great. And if you can learn how to be that, and only through being yourself, you can thrive in any arena, in any job setting. Everybody wants that guy on their team, no matter what you're doing. There's yeah. no question about it. And that yeah. goes for anything, right? If you're if you're a parent or a kid, like, you know, I, you know, I you you want to be around people that the vibe is positive, that make people feel good. Everyone has their bad days, don't get me wrong. But, you know, you want to you want to be around those people. So the difference maker is usually that is, you know, you know, to, to have that ability to connect and to be good to people and to make people smile even on a tough day. It's simple, but it's not so simple. Right. Because sometimes just sometimes just getting there and finding yourself and being confident enough with being yourself. It's hard. It's hard to let that out. I mean, I'm 49. Yeah, I, I don't know that I was exactly like this when i was 25 i mean i'd like to think i'm i'm pretty much the same person but i think along the way you just get comfortable where you're like yeah this is who i am like it or not like can't really change it at this point right so it takes a while to get there though it i think it does especially for certain people i was telling my high school kids this and we talk about it kind of a lot of like hey you gotta love you some you right i love me some yep. me and then when you say that they're like wait what it's like no dude if if I'm going to give the love that I have for others, I have to get it out of my own way. Like I've got to be able to forgive myself when I do something wrong, own up to it, try to make sure it doesn't happen again, but get back into loving me some me so I can spread that love. If you're feeling good about yourself, you're going to, you're going to exude that to others in a positive way. You know, that's huge. Totally that's agree. Really and I also think with. that along those lines, it's also, and again, this is another hard thing to do kind of what coach Ballgame was saying about, you know, asking for things that, you know, that you want I think sometimes it's okay to say things that you don't want, you know, it's like, and, and that's a hard thing for people to do. You're like, you know what? I don't really want to do that. Or I don't <laughs> think that works for me. And you, you know, and people shouldn't be offended by that. Like if you do it the right way, you're not, you know, like I, I don't like that or I don't want to do that. Or I, I'm not comfortable with that. I think that's also part of this whole conversation said, okay, well then how can we make you comfortable? Mm -hmm. Right? Like those are conversations that, that I think are really good to have that are tough to have. Oh, yeah, this my is wife, a therapy that's, session yeah, that's for dead. me. <laughs> yeah, that's dead. We've talked about that with our wives where my wife's a, a people pleaser. So she'll say yes to everybody and everything. And then she'll let people down. And it's because of that exact point of like, not being able to say like, gosh, I would love to do that. Um, but I, I can't right now. You yeah, know, that's you're absolutely right. That's a huge deal. Because you don't want to create this false sense of like, all you have to do is be yes, man, like Jim Carrey, you know, like, if you just say yes to everything, no, like you gotta, you gotta be good right. to yourself and be honest, like have an honest, open conversation. Yeah, and if you I do agree. that the right way and you've already built up enough of that relational equity with people, they'll see like, Hey, Kevin would do it if he could, he just can't do it. I yeah. Totally. Sure out. Um, we're going to get you out of here. Cause you got to prep, you got to get to Miami, but I, I'd, I'd love to hear what, you know, what are you going to talk about tomorrow with the boys? What fascinates you this year in, in major league baseball? Well, with the boys, it'll just be great to see uh, A Rod and Poppy, and we'll just catch up and shoot the breeze. With with Derek, I don't I don't know Derek well, so I'm really looking for you know part of this business is building chemistry and and getting to know people, right? right? Like you you go to you know you go to the trenches, so to speak, even though it's nothing like that over on TV, but. You you do so when you know the people and you get to know the people and you like the people you're working with you know, you, you have a deeper bond there and it makes it more fun and it makes it, you know, um, when you know more about them and know it makes them tick. Um, you don't, you're not best friends with everyone, like everyone you work with across time, you're not going to be best friends and hang out every weekend with them, but you certainly can be friendly um, and have chemistry. And that's so important. So for me, a big part of this is just getting to know Derek, um, mm -hmm. you know, because I, I don't know him other than the the Yankee captain 
who I've interviewed a few times for TV when he was in New York, but I, you know, that's it. So it's getting to know him on a deeper level, getting to know his family uh, a little bit, and then just building that trust where especially he can trust me as, you know, a new analyst in television would trust me that I'm going to take care of him and lead him in the right spots. Cause that's big, right? Like, you know, and I've done it both, um, you know, I've done it with everybody. You do it with everybody you work with who's new, especially new people to the TV, but A-Rod and Poppy, when they came on, they hadn't done TV before. So it's like, you have to build that up. That takes time. It's not immediate. So that's the number one thing that I'm looking forward to this weekend to start building that camaraderie. That's a big part of what this trip is. I love that you said that. Like I asked you, you know, I was thinking maybe the Rays or the Orioles, but you're like, no, let's build some trust and chemistry with my my teammate here. Makes so much sense because when I watch those shows, you guys have chemistry. <laughs> you guys, it's it's almost like you're just having a party and we're in there hanging out with you, and 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 it's it's an easy listen, easy watch. Um, uh, and and you do it so well. You you wrangle that crew uh, in a, in a seamless, uh, you know, honest, awesome way. So wrangle um, is a great word. Wrangle is a great <laughs> word, boy. Because it is sometimes you got to wrangle them up. Indeed, indeed. Well, man, thanks for spending forty minutes with us. I, I'm yeah, thank you, I'm dude. good on my end, Chopper. You got any anything to close up shop with, Kevin? I mean, for me, it's I'm proud of you. Like I'm proud of that journey and that you didn't quit and that you even took a perceived negative of like, Hey, I'm going to go sell cars and like, okay, I extracted a little bit of growth from this. It's going to make me better. I'm going to come out and be fearless. And that's powerful. I love that. You just said, Hey, I'm going to go down with the boys and I'm going to get to know Derek and try to earn his trust, like by being genuine. So I'm fired up for you, all the success you've earned. I'm super thankful that you grinded through it. And we're lucky to have you on our televisions, dude. So thank you for the time. I really appreciate it. It's great to meet you. Uh, Chopper, you too. It's just, it's great what you guys are doing. I mean, I love the message. I love the vibe. Coach, we're overdue for a hang, but it's uh, it's a pleasure anytime with you guys. And I'm glad. Thanks for having me on. It was really a lot of fun. Enjoyed it. Yeah, appreciate I'm, it. I'm, Safe I'm travels gonna, to Miami. <laughs> oh, and I'm going to knock on your door and we're just, I'm, I'm just jumping in your car and we're going to the club. <laughs> I got to play some golf with you. Let's do it, dude. 100%. Let's do it. Awesome. Done deal. At a boy. Have a great day. Thanks. Be well, Appreciate guys. At a boy. I mean, bang! It was so good. Like, uh, you when you meet him, you you see how kind he is, how how genuine and nice and and just uh, honest he is. Uh, but it, I think the journey, the journey he had, uh, uh, gave him that confidence that 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 prep that all the all the grinding uh, gave him the confidence to to knock on the door and say, SNY, I, I think I'm good enough for, for you. I think I'm, I, I should be here. Like um, there, there is no ego there whatsoever. It's just a, a self-confidence, right? Yeah. And I just like that. We're continually putting on the right role models for kids and for parents um, that are raising kids of like, okay, there's confidence, but it's coupled with humility uh, their success and it's coupled with failure, which turns into grinding and not giving up and persevering. And are there people that do it the wrong way on TV and in sport? Yeah, there are, but they're few and far between the vast majority are these folks that are really good at life. They're really good at communicating. They're good people. Like they have good people skills and communicating and they're, they're genuine, you know? So to have just another unbelievable friend of the pod that, that breathes that life into people, dude, it's great. And that's, we need more of it. Like we need more of it in our communities. You don't have to be on TV to be a great person and be kind and be genuine. So let's, let's spread that. It's, I love it. It's, it was yeah. awesome. Thank you for having him on. I mean, I'm excited to see, guest. you know, Jeter uh, being added on to the mix. And I think Tom Brady will be uh, on the football side. I mean, he's, he, he's uh, teaming up with the biggest of the biggest names and he's, he's earning great. their trust because he's, because he's awesome. So um uh, Love that, man. Love that. I, uh, yeah, really, really great. I, uh, um, I know you got a new job that the listener would like to hear about, uh, before we close up shop. W what is your new title coach? Yeah. Uh, golly. Uh, I don't know if it's made public yet. That's oh, we might have to this, keep her down. One. Well, 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 that's a yeah, tease. Let's keep her down. For, let's you know, keep her the... down. We'll, we'll tease it maybe next week or maybe even to the next season. We'll see. <laughs> oh, um, just contract's been signed. 
the contract's been signed and all that stuff's dialed, but uh, yeah, it's uh, I don't think it's public yet. So exactly. that's just a little tease, buddy, but I'm excited. I'm really excited to get an opportunity to, to set a really positive culture and, and breathe life into coaches and kids is, you know, that's right up our alley. So it's, it's a, an absolute blessing. One that I'm really, really, really excited about. So boy, keep being a fountain, man. Keep doing it. Uh, we will be on next week. And I don't know if we'll have a guest or not, but we'll we'll kind of uh, tie a bow on this season, uh, season two, uh, if you want to call it that, of the pod. Take the summer off, and then we'll be up and running again in the fall. Uh, but I get to see you, with you, I get brother. To see your handsome. I get to see your handsome mug coming up too. I'll be out there for. Uh, oh yeah, guys! Hope you come to the fifth. first week of summer camp in Tustin. Mm. Chopper and his high school boys will be out. Uh, they're going to help coach the camp and there might be a home run derby involved uh, where they're hitting it uh, into the streets of Tustin. Um, On so, Tustin Ranch golf course. Let's go. Foul ball off into Tustin. <laughs> That'd be a big time foul ball, but yeah, it could happen. Awesome. Could happen. Uh, our thanks to. But don't park to, anywhere near. Uh, no. Yeah. No. Don't Nowhere park near. anywhere near. Don't. No. D- d- yeah. And don't drive down. Uh, is it Columbus Tustin? Is it Columbus Tustin Park? What's it called? No, this is Tustin Sports park. park. So, yeah, don't drive anywhere Tustin near the Sports five park. freeway uh, or Jamboree, nope. uh, or you might steer get clear. hit with a yeah, home Just stay at Orange County to be safe. Yeah. Just steer clear of Orange County if you can. If you have to come in there, do what you got to do, but keep your head on a swivel, bow your neck, because the boys are coming in and we're coming in to hit some tanks. Hot. <laughs> My thanks Bang. to Kevin Kevin Burkhart uh, for coming on. Uh, I mean, gosh, we're just this little pod, and uh, he called Super Bowl Fifty Seven a few months ago, and here he is. Uh, he's he's talking to us today, and Derek Jeter and Big Poppy and A Rod tomorrow. So there you go. Some call this pod. Yeah, well, some people do refer to this pod as the Super Bowl of pods. Now, is it just me and you that do that? Maybe, maybe we can neither confirm nor deny. But there are folks. There's there's more than one. It's a plural. That uh, this is a Super Bowl of pots. So, I mean, he's in the right spot today. I tell you what, love it. And my thanks to all the Patreons out there, uh, uh, all of you that support, you know, throw in a few bucks per month to to keep these lights on here. Um, And, and all the listeners and and the folks that, that I've met in Seattle, Washington, and uh, and all over the country that, that say, Hey, I've been listening to this pod. There's been great emails uh, and great stories that have stemmed from one of these episodes where me and you just chat and try and become better fathers and coaches ourselves and and um, shed a little Shout light. Out to Marty. Shout out to Marty. Marty and I chopped it up at church, and Marty's a big fan of the pod, and it was really cool, really cool to talk. He and I were just talking, talking about life and coaching and being better coaches and mentors and stewards and uh he's like man i listen to the pod every week love you what you and coach ball game are doing like let's go marty appreciate you buddy keep doing it it's just a great resource man anytime somebody's struggling or or is like i just i don't know how to deal with this issue i'm like well we i don't know which episode it was but we talked about it on the pod go listen yeah. so um yep. love you brother uh i'll continue too, to break because of you can't wait to see you can't wait to see you in two weeks bang boom